and welcome to an awful lot of learning, the unofficial, official Doctor Who podcast. Woo! I was, <laughs> I, I, again, I was like, is he going to do it this time? Is he going to, or is he going to keep me on my feet? But you didn't let me down, buddy. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, mate, you know, you've just got to keep you on anticipation. Oh, like, sometimes I'll just bring that on you, sometimes I won't. <laughs> Uh, I guess we better introduce ourselves. Uh, my name is Jack. I am a teacher, a father, a husband, and a massive Doctor Who fan. And with me, as always, is published author Robin Fole. Thank you. Thank you, as always, for that very wonderful introduction. Um, I wish I had quite the fancy title as yourself, but I'll go for a, a writer. <laughs> published author come on man i haven't got that credit to myself you know i'm gonna have to start mixing it up i think i'm gonna have to start doing things to annoy you now by going like you know and uh, published author um fobbing mole and doing stupid things just to mess with you you know i i mean the amount of people who can never pronounce my surname always calling me foully or foul it's like yeah oh you know, I don't mind, uh, honestly. Yeah. To be fair, I get it. with my last name, I get a lot of rubbish as well, yeah. <laughs> well, um, to anyone listening, hello. This is our first podcast where things are actually live. Our first three episodes have been up for a couple of days now. We've had some nice responses. And just hello. Thank you for listening to us. No, thank you so, so much. It really does mean the world to us. And just hearing your feedback as well it's so encouraging to like uh, how we can improve and how to make this show the best it can for all of our hoovians absolutely absolutely mate exactly right you know that you know what i just i listen back to a couple of episodes i don't i say that an awful lot i say absolutely absolutely <laughs> i'm just getting critical of myself for that now um you can also find us on twitter and facebook now guys um on twitter we've got the handle at an awful uh, I, think, I believe it's an underscore awful and there's also a uh, page on Facebook as well now which you can follow us at which would uh, be very very cool if you can please uh, do please do we as always feedback or suggestions for episodes or you know just throw us news on Doctor Who so we can talk about it to you or oh exactly right I've been sharing a couple things on the Facebook and on the Twitter for different things um, but well um, I'll, I'll, I'll say it from the off, guys. We lied to you last week. We were going to do a topic this week, but there was something which meant that we shifted it around. So we'll talk about that in a bit and why we've changed topics and why we've got something different. But anyway, Robin, I've got a question to ask you. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Um, Robin, how is your pandemic treating you? Well, recently my pandemic has actually been going rather fantastically, which are probably two sentences or two words you'd never put together. <laughs> um, Pandemic fantastic, yeah, no, I don't, I, no, I, I can't really see, you know. <laughs> I mean, for context, I have just moved in with my girlfriend into our first home together, so that's been the most wonderful experience. I believe um, that. I believe I speak for everyone when I say congratulations on to, you, to you both on that as well. That's really um, lovely. Thank you, mate. It really does mean a lot for that, and that's been partly the reason why we've had to delay things a bit and sort of change topics because I've just been so crazy busy with this move but probably everyone listening to this has been there whether it be 
moving with their parents or moving into their first home there's always those last minute stresses or those last minute things like oh, totally. never being able to find that cheese grater that you need for like a whole week and then you realize it's been left in like the box full of um like anime figures which yes i totally have and yes i've converted the living room into my <laughs> Oh, okay, you need to you need to give me a tour later. Definitely, I need to see that. Ah, <laughs> uh, mate, My Hero Academia figures and a Dalek and everything. It's just looking into this living room. You probably think, oh, you have like a kid, do you? It's like, <laughs> no, just a just a bad child. <laughs> oh yeah, you think the same thing walking into our house? We've got a massive, uh, massive area foot with bookcases with glass doors on it uh, as you come in, which are. We're converting into a book nook anyway, but it's just full of like my comics and Doctor Who books. So I feel quite bad because we've moved in together, and so far both bookshelves that we have are just full of my comics and my <laughs> like my manga, my other books, and so like, yeah, I, I your, play, your PlayStation games and all. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've literally got a separate shelf just for my old games. <laughs> I swear I'm not a hoarder. I'm just a collector. You know, say. it's like you know, it's like they said. You know, if you if you get into a relationship with a geek, you have to be prepared to, for them to, uh, you know, accrue a lot of stuff. Let's base it. Let's you know. Let's let's be honest. You know. Fortunately, she's very geeky herself. So, yeah. if if she was like, oh no, you have to get rid of some of these, I'd be like, look, we we need to have a bit of a chat right there. <laughs> <laughs> You know, funny enough, speaking about games, we uh, both actually indulged in a game ourselves this week, didn't we? Uh, oh, absolutely fantastic game. Yeah, uh, we, uh, on Friday, uh, Maze Theory put out the uh, game, The Lonely Assassins, the uh, uh, little found phone game, probably just about two hours gameplay uh, in all in all, but uh, so much fun, so enjoyable, and, well... I think I think it's not a spoiler to say that it involves the Weeping Angels, one of my favourite Doctor Who villains, and also one of the scariest. And oh, also, it's terrifying. it's a it's a little sequel to Blink. You know, the first episode that they were ever in, which is amazing. It's it's so great that the way they tie that in. I mean, they tie in so many other episodes into it. Oh yeah, and... there are so many lovely little Easter eggs. In that, even just down, to, oh, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to ruin it for, for oh, anyone no, no, that's no, not don't, played. Don't spoil it. Yeah, but... it's oh my goodness, it was, it was a really enjoyable two hours that I sat down and just played it. It was just, I was engrossed by it, and I think for a game, and especially with something which is a bit niche like Doctor Who, just to grab you like that, I'd recommend it to anyone. I think anyone would get you know enjoyment out of it. You know, well, it's it's great. So. For context, listeners, if you have no idea what the Lonely Assassins is, I mean, Jack here, you just dropped me a message to say it was out, and it's like, oh, great, great. What's the Lonely Assassins? <laughs> and then I finally got round to downloading it, and it's a fantastic what's known in the video game series as a lost phone genre, which has been exploding in popularity in recent years with the likes of um, Laura's Phone and not quite a phone game but the absolutely astonishing gone home which i don't know if you played any either of those games Jack. no no this is my first sort of uh foray into uh, the found phone genre but i'm definitely interested in it now 
Oh, they're, they're great because the found, uh, phone genre, it's all about mimicking like a phone's interface. So you can imagine just what that would involve with going into messages and emails and... Yeah. I'll be honest. There are there are a couple moments that are a little bit too uh, real. <laughs> playing it on mm. the playing the lonely assassins on the phone, which was very, really good and really helped the immersion. But I'm not going to say anything more than that. So, I, I'm surprised just how effective it was with its atmosphere as well. Like legit, they got to a point where I was dropping you messages, Jack, with being like, um, so I've just gotten to this point, and I'm not sure if I want to continue. <laughs> No, I was just like, go, keep going, keep going. You won't, you won't regret it. Oh, no, I did not. It is for two hours and, what, three pounds? You cannot go wrong with that. Oh, I know, I know. It's just, uh, it's so great. And that I believe the team that worked on that, or at least the publisher, uh, Maceru, the same team that worked on the VR um, Doctor Who game, which apparently was very good as well. It even had a Time Lord Victorious extension to it, but I don't have a VR Oculus Rift or a PlayStation VR or anything like that, so I can't play it but but they have got a sequel i believe called the edge of reality which is coming out for switch and other consoles and things like that uh i it's either this year or next year and i believe it actually actually features not just the 13th doctor but the 10th doctor as well no way yes well well there's even a bit in the trailer where he comes in he does the i'm a doctor but probably not the one you were expecting it's like ah. Okay, I'm after this podcast. I'm very much watching that trailer because I've yeah. not heard anything about this. But if it's on the Switch, I'll very happily take that on my travels. Oh yeah, that's uh, be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, there's something that I've uh, been something else that I've been looking into uh, during this week of uh, my during my pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. I actually picked up and read the nov- the target novelization of Dalek uh, by Robert Sherman who is the writer of Dalek and just so happens to be probably my favorite Doctor Who writer of all time. Really your actual favorite writer? Yes because not only is Dalek up there as one of my favorite episodes he's actually written probably most of my top five big finish audios as well which uh is pretty cool and i'll be honest i think there's a lot of big finish which is better than a doctor who uh, tv show so I, I tell you what i need to pay more attention to the writers of doctor who just because then you can really pick out the exactly oh, yeah. the kind of the themes that are going to happen in this episode as a result of that mm-hmm, writer mm-hmm. or just really know just how good it is mm-hmm. because i've said in a previous episode that i think dalek is an absolutely phenomenal episode it's atmosphere it's pacing the way it just makes that one known dalek so utterly terrifying for a whole new brand new audience of doctor who and well my question now to you jack does the novelization hold it up i think and this is tough because dalek is one of their episodes again i think this is the superior version of it what than the episode than the episode, yeah. I think just like um, which I spoke, I've, something I've spoken about before is the the novelization of the Re- Remembrance of the Daleks. I think that this uh, novelization is better than the actual episode, and the episode itself is again phenomenal. So that just goes to show how excellent Sherman is at fleshing out the story for this novelization. Because it's not just a straight up, oh, he's taken the script. He's actually taken little story beats and 
little backstories to characters that you see in the episode and given a lot more detail i don't want to spoil too much but oh my god there were some parts of it that were just an absolute gut punch and had me crying genuinely i mean i was gonna say does the book have the advantage of being able to do those really descriptive moments where they just draw you in as a reader and just you know keep you guessing or just oh totally going. totally and what's really cool about it, i don't think it's a spoiler to say this but a lot of the book you actually read from the dalek's perspective Oh, which is a really, which is a really cool like literary device, and it really, it's, it's, it's. I would recommend this to anyone. I mean, there's they've done a couple of uh, new series uh, stories of target novelizations. I'd love to do an episode about target novelizations at some point as well because they have a big history with Doctor Who in terms of things and. Yeah, it's very um, it's really good. If you want to get one, the Dalek one is definitely the one I'd suggest. Um, Day of the Doctor, which I released a couple of years ago by Stephen Moffat, is also really good. I also really enjoy Paul Cornell's novelization of Twice Upon a Time, but uh, I, I'm in the minority in that. In that, I actually love that episode. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, which one was that one again? Twice Capal- Upon a Time. Capaldi's last episode, the Christmas one where he meets the first Doctor. But uh, played by David Bradley. Oh yeah, yeah. See, I I remember liking that episode. I love I... that one. Absolutely love it. I put it in my top ten. Oh, cause um that that particular actor's performance as that first Doctor, um, cause they did that fantastic um Doctor Who um what was it like that kind of documentary yeah the uh, they did uh, Mark Gatiss I think wrote it for the 50th anniversary which was an adventure in space and time which was a which was a dramatisation of how Doctor Who was actually made of course David Bradley played as you said uh, William Hartnell and then also did some parts as the first Doctor oh my the ending to that makes me cry every time I think about it like it's I such an amazing so well done yeah, yeah such an amazing just brilliant bit of TV, you know, a little TV movie, but just so excellent. And they've actually, uh, they, they've got David Bradley doing a First Doctor box set uh, over at Big Finish, so. Really? Yeah, because, you know, Big Finish, if, if, they, you know, if they can see something to capitalise on but with Doctor Who fans, they're going to do it. And that is not, that's not a slight <laughs> in any way. That's just a uh, Big Finish, I love you. So. No, not, not at all. I mean... For some people, the first Doctor is going to be their favourite because that's their first introduction to Doctor Who. And if you can't bring back the actor, you know, rest in peace, then get someone who is a sound alike and um, is also possibly a lookalike, and you'll just know that you'll please the fans of that. Oh, exactly, man, exactly. Uh... Again, I've done it again there, just saying exactly or absolutely. <laughs> that actually, talking about Big Finish, that brings us to what our topic for this episode is going to be. Um, we initially were going to continue our discussion about if we were put at the helm of a new series of Doctor Who, if we were joint showrunners, and we were going to pitch and sort of ad-lib and snowball our own pitch for our series of Doctor Who. And I'm sure we might do that at some point. I'm sure it would be oh, really interesting to. to do. But we felt with this being our first episode going to the mass, it'd be really great to have an episode dedicated to Big Finish. And I'm sure there are even some people, as Robin was before I got him into it, 
who were probably sitting there going, what is Big Finish? What 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 is this Big Finish you speak of? Which is very much Robin's uh, response <laughs> when I said about it. So much so that I'd be talking to him about something. He'd be like, oh, what? They're not books. And I'm like, no, 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 Robin. It's their audio plays. They're radio plays featuring actors who are actually in Doctor Who. And that was very much my response. So those first three recorded episodes we did, I, I gradually got to learn more about them through Jack, who, since coming on to this adventure with him, it's very much been an onslaught of emails and messages about, oh, have you heard about this? Or have you done this? Or have you played this Doctor Who related thing? And I'm like, no, not, not yet, but um, I'm sure I will. <laughs> not said it. I, I do not say that in a bad way at all, Jack. If anything... I have to thank you because um, to those who not yet indulged in Big Finish, do so. They are phenomenal, absolutely amazing pieces of storytelling, of drama, and they're just so easy to listen to. It's like I grabbed your hand and was like, Robin, I can show you the world. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to Nick Briggs's Dalek voice. <laughs> but no, but to anyone still not aware, Big Finish is a company uh, who are licensed by the BBC to make radio plays and audio plays around Doctor Who and other licenses as well. But they've had the Doctor Who license since 1999, Robin. So before even the new series came back. Wait, they've been doing stuff since then? Yeah, they were even doing stuff before that, I believe. But with the... They had the license... Oh my goodness, we're going through a big finish history now. From just This is just me. This is not me reading notes. This is me knowing stuff, okay? Uh, which is geeky <laughs> stuff, but here we go. They had the license to do uh, Bernice Summerfield uh, audios, who is a character who appears in um, Doctor Who novels and was originally uh, appeared there in Doctor Who novels. Uh Basically, during the wilderness years, um, uh, there was the Virgin New Adventure novels, and one of the companions that joined the TARDIS team of uh, the Doctor and Ace was uh, Professor Bernie Summerfield. And uh, they spun her off into her own adventures, uh, into some books, and then they had the audio adventures, which Big Finish did first. And I think it was sort of the. Um, it was. I think it was fans coming together, really, and the BBC going, yeah, you know what? try this out and see how you do they managed to get actors like Conan Baker, uh, Nicholas Courtney and uh, other actors who had been in Doctor Who to actually do stuff and then BBC were like okay here you go and gave them the licence which led to Big British um, coming out with a monthly range of Doctor Who audios uh, which uh, started off with the Sirens of Time featuring a crossover or multi-doctor event between the 5th sixth and seventh doctors because they managed to get uh, peter davison colin baker and sylvester mccoy signed to do regular stuff with them and then eventually he had the other doctors join them tom baker i believe in 2010 started doing the uh, audios for them um, more recently we've had david tennant uh doing 10th doctor audios and they even got john hurt for four box sets as well of the war doctor which was just amazing i'm i mean right there knowing that they've managed to get right off the bat a moti doctor who crossover that's a big deal that's oh, a big yeah. way to get people into big finish and i think and, oh to be fair as well to them i think the first the sirens of time which is the first one it's 
by no means is it the best in any way and it's pretty it's pretty bad to be honest but at the same time but at the same time you can listening to it now you can see how far they've progressed as a company and and there are a couple really good bits like when when the doctors actually are there together it's amazing because i think every multi-doctor event whenever you have it there's always a bit of excitement and anticipation that you're just like you know what no matter what's happening i'm with it the thing is, I think there's something for everyone when it comes to Big Finish. You can generally look at the covers and kind of tell which Doctor it's going to be, what monsters involved for the most part, and you can just go, you know what, I'm in the mood for this. I'm going to jump into this. And I've only listened to two so far, but my God, those two, I could just recommend them right off the yeah. bat. And you lie, actually. You've listened to three, but because uh, I sent you uh, the one of the Tenth Doctor audios, uh, which was Death and the Queen, if you remember. I sent that you that oh, one that on CD. Was... Yes, I've I've definitely lied then. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I don't. I don't think you lied. I think it was just selective disinformation. You know. <laughs> I, I'm loving that, and I. I definitely want to use that in the future. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the past week, uh, Doc. Well. Ever since uh, lockdown began, uh, for the most part, every week, Big Finish have been doing a weekly sale and also a weekly freebie. And uh, to celebrate the fact that the monthly range or main range of Doctor Who audios was ending uh, last week, uh, with a final release, which I'll speak about in a minute, they actually had a sale on the first 100 releases, which are all only download only at the minute because they've all gone out of print. And each one uh, was half price. And I instantly messaged Robin when I heard I said, oh my goodness, now's your time to get on a big finish properly. Get the app. Get, uh, tell your friends. Tell your wife. Tell your daughter. Tell, you, tell everyone. You know, <laughs> tell everyone you know. <laughs> and uh, he was like, oh, okay, what one should I get? And I was like, oh, um, sent him about oh, a list. Of, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I sent Robin a list of about... 15 or 13 or 14 something like that and Robin was like okay he was like oh okay I bought them now and I was like what all of them he was like yeah they're only £1.50 may as well there was such a good deal plus Jack here um, if you haven't quite caught how big a Doctor Who fan he is just by these podcasts um, yes Yes, he is, um, and he will constantly message me again. I do. I love that. I absolutely love being like, "Ooh, what what goodies have I got to enjoy this time?" <laughs> um, and um, when I saw the deals, like, you know what? They're like what two two and a half hours each. They're only one pound fifty. Let's just get a load, you know. And I started listening to my first one um, a couple of days ago on my trips to work. And I just finished it in one day. I just absolutely loved it. And that one was Spare Parts, Starwin, bum bum bum. Oh. I'm letting you do it. I know it, but I'm letting you do it. <laughs> I, I, I know, I know. And oh, I've got the notes right in front of me, but they're all blending together and I'm leaving <laughs> everyone in suspense. And that's because it's Peter Davidson. Yes, it is the fifth doctor, <laughs> Peter Davidson. Which, I tell you what, his performance, his vocal performance, because vocal performances, voice acting, 
a lot of people are like, oh, that, that's easy, right? And it's like, no, no, voice acting is incredibly difficult because oh, yeah. acting with your voice is so much different to an actual on-stage performance. You have to use so many different types of muscles. And at one point, I actually really wanted to be a voice actor. I bought a load of books. Um, I studied it. I did some during my course in front of a microphone. Um, it wasn't for me because, unfortunately, as you could probably tell, my lisp with my R's and my W's always mixed up. So unless I had a very select character um, or niche character, it wouldn't work. Um, but where I'm going with this is to translate your acting chops to voice acting. It's not the easiest thing. But Peter Davison, oh, his voice is just so, so great to listen to. His deliveries, and I've never seen a Peter Davison episode. I've never seen him acting as the Doctor, and that one podcast has now made me want to watch Peter Davison. Um, sorry, you, you said you haven't watched Peter Davison, and I instantly started compiling a list of episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Davison is one of my favourites. Like I think I said in our first episode, he's one that's very close and dear to my heart because he was very he was almost my first doctor because Chris Chris Faxon was my first doctor, but then I was watching repeats of old Doctor Who on UK TV Gold and Billy Davison was the one I really like I watched first. So uh yeah, it was uh, amazing. I actually uh and I think I said in that episode as well that um a couple of years ago, I went to uh, MCM Comic Con uh, in Manchester with my uh, with my friend, and uh, the whole reason that he managed to get me to go there was the fact that Peter Davison was actually going to be there. And uh, oh, nice. I got a little bit starstruck, and I'd listened to spare parts, and I said, "Oh my, my goodness, I I absolutely love your work." And he was so gracious and really kind, which is he was really lovely he was which is so it's really nice you know it, you always you worry that you're going to meet you know one of your heroes and they're not going to be like that but he was just so lovely when i met him i can't think of a better adjective than lovely right now but he was just kind and just listened to me and spoke to me a bit as well and i i said to him how much i loved his work at big finish in particular spare parts and he was like oh yeah he was like that's one of my favorite ones as well that's a Really lovely one. And then there was a panel later on, and people were like, oh, if you if there was one Big Finish episode that you wish could have been a real episode that you did on TV, what would it be? And he was like, Spare Parts. Oh my goodness, Spare Parts. Oh, 100%. If they ever adapted that into like an episode, I would watch that. Because it's so well done. I, I don't necessarily want to spoil anything, but, uh, well, on the front cover... There is an old-fashioned Cyberman on yeah, it. Yeah, a Mondasian Cyberman, yes. <laughs> which we all know it's not, like, a fantastic costume in terms of, like, what... Well, in, hold on. I know, no, 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 I'm not judging I, 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 you. I agree, <laughs> I totally agree. However, I, I'll i let you finish before I say my but, point. Go on. Like, yes, a lot of people have criticised it because of the cheapness of it. But you have to remember, it's what they had to work with. And also, it works in its advantage. It's this really uncanny valiness to it, especially the voice. To me, that voice of the first Cyberman, it's so much more creepy and unsettling. 
than any of their voices that they've had since. I totally agree with you. The Cybermen are, at, they're my favourite villain in Doctor Who, actually. Uh, and that, that's oh, part of really? yeah, it. I, I always took you as a Dalek fan. Oh, I love I loved my shouty boys, don't get me wrong. I love my <laughs> shouty, shouty boys. boys. But uh, the Cybermen are my favourite. Yeah, and it's, I think it's, it's not a spoiler to say that Spare Parts is very much the, it's the genesis of the Daleks, but for the Cybermen isn't it and in a mm, in a similar yeah. way that and i think they probably adapted parts for um uh world enough in time and the doctor falls as well uh, if you remember the the end of series 10 like you know there's a genesis of the cybermen there basically but um i think this is the superior version and this is just my it's up there as one of my favorite big finish it really is and it's just like you say the design as well and the voice i think they're as, as good as the Cybermen are, and with redesigns and how cool they can look sometimes, I think they're at their best when they are at that. The creepiness is right up there. It, and they it's are... so creepy because you can tell that there's this humanity to them which has just been picked apart and torn away from oh, them. Totally. And yeah. there's one point in the book, which I will not spoil, but I was literally like, felt so sad for the characters involved in that scene. Yeah, I know what you mean. It uh, it's got the fifth Doctor in it. Uh, Sarah Sutton plays Nissa, who was uh, one of his companions in it, and it does it focuses on a family uh, on the world of Mondas as the you know as the Cybermen sort of come into it. I don't want to say much more, but there's what's really great about it is that you don't just see this happening through the Doctor's eyes. Uh, you have the you have the the vision of a of a family going through this and seeing this happen as well, you know, just a normal family, but, and that's what makes some of the things that happen all the more heartbreaking. I I think that's what makes it so good as well, mate. Yes, it's Doctor Who, so you want to have the titular Doctor in it, but to actually have these moments of, like, slow burn, this kind of moments where you're actually in touch with the other characters affected by this and what makes it work so well not only as a story but as an audio drama you don't have the luxury of visuals you have to convince your listener that what is happening is happening and you have to do it in an effective way that isn't just um, describing every single niche thing that you're going to interact with like you do not want to come across as making it so obvious to the reader um and that is a really hard balance to find oh absolutely and i think you know i think big finish proves uh, in a way that and don't get me wrong i'm saying this now and this will be sacrilege to some people this will be blasphemy and doctor who is my favorite tv show it has been for a long time but i think the in order to get the best out of doctor who the medium really has to be novelization or audio because your world is limitless then you know you're the, the, the world that you're creating isn't bound by a budget in the same way as some as the tv you're literally just there's your platform which i think is why the time war is something which is working so much better being explored through books and audio which is something they're doing a big finish right now uh, quite a few time war things which is really great because I don't think you could properly see it on TV. I don't think you could do the Time War justice, for example. Really? Because 
that's that's quite an interesting thing. I mean, I think especially with the medium of an audio book, you have that wonderful aspect of someone's imagination will always fill in the blanks far more than what you could show them. Exactly. And the other exactly. great thing is you don't have that limitation of having to fill in a special effects budget and say the special effect you come up with ends up getting dated years later. Um, the Merc. I mean, see, Doctor is pretty good from recent episodes, but I was thinking of like season one of Christopher Eccleston's series with like the uh, the bin. <laughs> yeah, and the burp with the bin. I love it though at the same time. But no, I'm thinking more of the Merca in a. Uh, in Warriors, Warriors of the Deep, which uh, that's a fifth doc, that's a fifth Doctor story, Robin. That I won't make you watch. I'll just say that much, okay? Oh, is it a bad one by any chance? Moving on, uh, you were. <laughs> oh wow, shade right there. There, 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 are, there are a few more uh, ones I uh, recommended to you, which I believe you picked up as well, and be lovely to talk about them another time. But you also listened to one of my fa- another of my favourites, uh, which introduces one of my favourite TARDIS teams of all time. Oh yes, no, that team is fantastic. So the episode in particular that Jack is referring to is Harvest, starring. Why do I want to say... No, it's not Peter Capaldi. Why do I want to say Peter Capaldi? <laughs> oh my God, that would be amazing. It's just because he's another Scottish doctor, that's it, surely. <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, you know what? I cannot think of their name for the life of me. Sylvester McCoy. So, thank you. I'm Sorry, it's, I've got my notes right here and I didn't even think about writing anything it's for half Robin, Robin, it's fine. I'm sure people will remember that you have an amazing short-term memory. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> that, that is very much true, and I, I thank everyone for putting up with that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the harvest uh, features the seventh Doctor as played by Sylvester McCoy, Ace, my favourite companion, played by Sophie Aldred, and um, Hex, played by Philip Oliver as well in his first uh, big finish role. In uh, it's not a spoiler again to say that he goes on to do have many more adventures with the Doctor and Ace and. Oh, I'm glad to hear, because he was so good. The Seventh Doctor, um, Ace and Hex are up there as one of my favourite TARDIS teams of all time. Genuinely amazing. Ace is already such a fantastic companion. Um, The fact that she's so proactive, she gets into the stories, she fights monsters, you know, she's willing to get her hands dirty. And there's, there's a real charm to her relationship with the Doctor, um, in particular, the banter, and I, I never knew that about the particular Doctor and the way he pronounces his R's. Oh, That's I love just it. really charming to me. The way he rolls them, it's so fantastic. Mm. really is, yeah. That's, that's why Sylvester McCoy, McCoy is one of my favourite uh, Doctors. <laughs> well, not, not because of the R's, but there's lots of reasons. But that's just one, <laughs> of the, that's one of the facets that I really love about him and his portrayal. Well, when you lent, well, when you sent me that DVD for, was it Genesis of the Daleks? Remembrance of the Daleks. Remembrance yes. of the Daleks. He was, he was great in that, and there's a definitely a nuance to his performance. Like all the Doctors have that. There's just something that they all add to their character that just makes their Doctor distinct. Absolutely. And I think that's something that's really, just so fantastic about the series and yeah. so appealing to so many fans. 
there is not a doctor, there's not an actor I feel that has given a bad performance as the doctor in any way. I think there's there's something in every doctor that I love. And I may find it very difficult to... I can't make a tier list of doctors. Because to me, every single doctor is, S is in that S tier or is that God tier. It's just, you know, David Tennant is personal, personal preference. And nostalgia, I suppose, is he's my favourite doctor. But, I mean... It's very difficult, you know. He's my favourite, but the other ones are pretty close behind him, you know. I I think the thing is as well. You've also got to remember just what other doctors brought to the forte, and their incredible um, interpretations of those characters. Like for crying out loud, like Patrick Fortin, like he had to follow up on the footsteps of the very first Doctor. And that is not an easy thing to do. Of course, yeah, um, pa yeah, Patrick Troughton, of course, yeah. And the Troughton, the the day we're recording this, uh, actually, everyone is Patrick Troughton's. What would have been his hundred and first birthday? So uh, happy birthday to you, Patrick Troughton. I genuinely, happy birthday, man. I think you know William Hartnell obviously has a lot to do with Doctor, but without Patrick Troughton as well, you know, picking it up and carrying it on, we wouldn't have Doctor Who now. It could have just could have fallen flat and could have ended but you can see echoes of his doctor in every doctor since i would say and uh, you know i uh if you check out the facebook or the twitter i put a little post up there recommending four of my favorite uh second doctor stories them being the invasion power of the daleks um two of the cybermen and also the war games check them out there but i'm sure we will have a chat about the doc the second doctor at some point as well but yeah, um, happy birthday, Patrick Troughton, and rest in peace, you absolute amazing man. <laughs> uh, definitely, definitely. I, I I was just reading some of the comments, because again, he's another Doctor who I'm not experienced with. But it's so wonderful to see everybody's different in, like thoughts on him, and how they very much felt that he did inspire all those future Doctors and their way of performing because oh, yeah. the first doctor he's very very bitter and and like he does have his moments of kindness but he's definitely mm. quite well alien to the human companions that he has yeah absolutely i'd say he's very much like i say you see you see shades of the first doctor in the sixth and twelfth doctor and you see the second Doctor in probably every Doctor since since the fourth Doctor. Like, particularly, I, I think Sylvester McCoy and uh, Matt Smith, actually, uh, in particular, you can see a lot of that sort of the trickster, all that, you know, cosmic hobo, uh, as they call him. <laughs> and I think even that uh, Matt Smith and Sylvester McCoy actually say that he's their favourite Doctor, so. Really? I yeah. never knew that. Um, yeah. But I think, um, Jack, you'd come up with a bit of a list for um, recommendations on Big Finish, haven't I you? I have, and uh, I'd like to share that with everyone. If uh, I'd like to call this my grab bag or baby's first Big Finish. These are my recommendations <laughs> to anyone who has not got into the wonderful world of Big Finish before and would like to have a start. Um, beyond this list, I would definitely say that if there's just a doc that interests you, um, for the most part, you can pick up stuff 
you know, there's not a massive established continuity in terms of most releases. So there's, you know, look at the the bios or the descriptions of different audios and just see what sort of takes your fancy. And if there's a particular companion that uh, sort of takes your fancy, just follow their faces on the box art, you know. But uh, I try to make a list here. I try to make sure some, that most of them are sort of cheap just because I think that's, you know, that's a... Big finish can sometimes be quite expensive, and it is quite an expensive habit to have. So, uh, yeah. Um, anyway, I've got 11 picks here. I told Robin that I had 10, but I've got 11 here instead because there was an extra one I thought of, which was actually my first big finish. So, uh, and I'm going to actually save that one for last. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Go on, man, indulge us. What okay, are your so, 11 juicy picks? So... I've actually got a couple beside me here as well, just for just for some nice uh, props, which are always good. Okay, my first pick is the first volume of the Tenth Doctor Adventures. Oh, okay. Which is uh, David Tennant and Matt Catherine Tate coming back for three cast audios: uh, Technophobia, Time Reaver, and Death and the Queen. Death and the Queen is probably one of the funniest episodes of Doctor Who ever. And it's just a great story. And it's an amazing box set that just takes you back to 2008. It takes you back to... And it so perfectly recreates season four of Doctor Who. If you're coming into Big Finish, I'm imagining you're a fan of New Who. And if you want to re-imagine or go back into that little capsule of time, it's just the most beautiful thing for doing that. All the Tenth Doctor box sets are really good for that. Uh, second one features uh, the Tenth Doctor and Rose, and there are three stories there. One of them's eh, but the rest of them are really good. And then the third box set is the Doctor and Donna again. And again, it's just, it's really lovely. And you just go back into that little pocket of time, and it just, you feel like you're watching TV and David Tennant is the Doctor again. And it just feels like Doctor Who is this massive, massive event tv again it's just it it just captures it so well so that would be my first pick tough doctor volume one okay no that definitely sounds good to me i i love david tennant and Catherine tate's relationship so that's that right there is something i want to listen to already oh, right robin uh can i ask you something for my for my second pick um i'd be a rubbish co-host if i didn't respond <laughs> it's just <laughs> if what they say they say in improv it's like uh, you the only thing you can't say is no so it's like robin can i ask you a question no no <laughs> okay uh <laughs> robin did you enjoy the day of the doctor uh the 50th anniversary episode day of the doctor day of the doctor the 50th anniversary episode with uh, Matt Smith and David Tennant together. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Featuring, featuring uh, another Doctor as well, the... John Hurt? Yes, John Hurt's War Doctor. Oh. And this, this is... This is the one which got me really into Big Finish. I had a Big Finish release before this, but this is the box set that got me hooked. I've got the first box set here, the War Doctor, which is just by happens going out of print, I believe now, guys. Uh, so if you want to try and grab it uh, in the warehouse, uh, go for it. Otherwise, I believe it will only be download only. But still, get it anyway. It's really good. Uh, the first box set is called Only the Monstrous. It's written by Voice of the Daleks, Nick, Nick Briggs. And it is probably the closest you're ever going to get to a Doctor Who action movie. It Ooh, is that. just... 
It's amazing. You're, promising. You come into it, it is, it's the Doctor in late game time war. You very much get the sense that we're leading up to Day of the Doctor and uh, things like that. And it is just, oh, it's superb. Just three amazing stories, a three hour epic, the Innocent, the Thousand Worlds and the Heart of Battle. You could not go wrong with this box set. I, I genuinely, genuinely now, I challenge anyone to listen to this and not just be enthralled within the first 10 minutes. It's just, so it's beautiful. This was my question. Like, with something like John Hurt, so obviously he never had like a series of his own. He was very much introduced as this kind of big celebration um, episode. How easy is it for... Um, a newcomer or rather a, a regular fan of Doctor Who to just pick that up and listen to it Can you just so so easy it's just in a it's just a brilliant story it's just a brilliant story featuring a doctor that we only saw for one episode on TV and well you know the end of an episode I suppose and then on that one episode and don't get me wrong it was I think a lot of I think people might have taken a stick with the war doctor but what's no, great about why? it was, but because I think some people might have, but then I think they were instantly stopped because it felt like the end of a character arc that we just didn't see. And this is a little, this box set is a little delve into seeing that more of that character and more of that incarnation of the Doctor. And it is just, it's beautiful. And, <laughs> and you know what? John Hurt's performance in it, you think... Him, you know, and rest in peace, one of my favourite actors of all time. One of the great... Oh, fantastic actor. If not the greatest actor of all time, genuinely. He does not bring anything but his A-game to this. And it's so amazing to think that an actor of his calibre just didn't half ass this. It's just beautiful. And that he cared that much about the character that when they said, oh, do you want to come and do it? He just said, yes, of course. John Hart is one of those actors where if I find out that a movie featured him, I've got to listen to it. I've got to watch his performance, whether it be him in Alien or Harry Potter. He is just hes just a person who can just put together so many different characters and roles. And I, I take it from your description right there that he's also a good voice actor in that role. Amazing, absolutely amazing. This is actually, I think he did a lot of uh, voice acting and stuff as well. I think, was he in, I think he was in The Secret of Nim. Was he in The Secret of Nim? Oh, oh, I think you're right. Yeah. Oh, and I love that movie. Yeah, I love that movie too. I know he's in Thumbelina as well. I remember hearing him that. And he, oh, do you remember the animated Lord of the Rings movie they did? The, uh, the one from... Oh, like... he played Aragorn. He does, yes. Oh, no, that's a great performance from him. And I, that's actually a really fantastic Aragorn as well. Mm, I know. I loved him back in also a really good film he's in as well, which is one of my favourite books, actually, an adaptation of it. It's 1984. You know what? I still haven't read that one. It is. It's... I'll say this much. It's scary how... Uh how uh, George Orwell predicted a lot of stuff. Um, I'll just say that and let's move on because I don't want to get bummed out and certainly bum other people out with uh, totalitarianism. Uh, my third pick, Robin, we've actually okay. we've actually already discussed. 
Uh, my third pick is Spare Parts. Oh, really? That's not even, like, in your top three. No, no, I'm saying that's my third pick for, uh, for, for starters. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I... <laughs> and I'll tell you why. I, I... We, we're delving into the monthly range there, where the first hundred of those releases are all only £3, unless you catch a sale where they're £1.50 or £1.49. Spare Parts is one of those ones that I defy anyone to listen to and not get hooked with the format like yourself it just grabbed you guilty as charged absolutely (laughs) and i know i'm i'm potentially in a minority that i can pick up any doctor who story and sort of delve into it but i think spare parts is a really good thing that it sets up uh who the fifth doctor is who nissa is as a companion sort of what their relationship is like and also it gives you enough sort of hints about stories that have already happened that you could also like yourself you're a bit oh interested in seeing what has led to this and like there's there's a particular exchange in it that you might not get because you've not seen uh earth shock but um yeah that's all i'll say again i was a newcomer i'd never seen either that doctor or their companions performances on anything before and I just thought it was a fantastic self-contained episode. Like, yeah. And that one got me so hooked that I listened to that whole one in one day and then immediately started Harvest. And I've now got like a backlog of other episodes already um, saved on my phone. And it's actually just a good incentive to go to work now just so I can (laughs) listen to that on the bus. (laughs) That's so funny. That actually brings me to my fourth pick, which is The Harvest. Uh, I I was very, I was tossing and turning on uh, which uh, Seventh Doctor one to suggest as like the first one to go into. But I thought The Harvest is sort of better over The Fear Monger or Cold It, which are both really good stories. But The Harvest is one that can grab you into a storyline that's just going to progress and go forward and certainly get you into the monthly range and sort of go oh, okay you'll get interested in the characters the doctor and the dynamic of the doctor ace and hex i should say rather than the actual characters the dynamic between them that you'll want to carry on and listen to more of their releases and more of their adventures which is what i did which uh, i'm getting through some of those now and uh yeah and it's not in- it's not easy introducing a brand new character which no one has any knowledge of because they've never appeared on TV. Absolutely, and yeah. And to, to, a, to an already established uh, TARDIS team, as you say, well, from, you know, from TV as well. But Hex is great. Like, his performance and what he brings to the group. Um, and I really love it when the companions aren't just on the sidelines. Like, he is proactive. He does have a voice. Oh, and absolutely. Oh, yeah. And he also, like, Ace is already a really proactive character, so you're almost like, well, why do you need another companion? But he does add something else, and I'm not going to say why until you listen to it yourselves. It is just, oh, fantastic. And it does, I don't think it's a spoiler to say, it features a villain from Doctor Who, which uh, people will know. But uh, I'm not going to say who it is, because I think part of the fun is actually seeing a which villain popped up in it but um 
yeah, it's a really good release and a really good story for that run as well. So, yeah. Um, Definitely a twist that I wasn't expecting, which I really liked. Yeah, I know. It actually, as well, it leads into uh, two other audios. Uh, it does a bit of a... It makes a trilogy, uh, Robin. Not The other two audios don't feature the Seventh Doctor, but they feature the Sixth and Fifth Doctors. So it's funny that you have a trilogy which goes in reverse because you have the Seventh Doctor. Then they have a story of the Sixth Doctor called The Reaping. And then I believe it's the... Um, I'm probably going to get this wrong. I think it's either the gathering or the settling is a fifth doctor uh, audio. And uh, it's really good. Really fantastic trilogy. But the harvest is just its own thing as well, which leads into the hex arc of uh, Big Finish. If you're worried about that, just look for the covers which have got uh, Philip Oliver's uh, name on the front or Hex's face. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, my next pick is actually uh, Jubilee. Which is one you haven't listened to yet, Robert. No, I haven't listened to that one no. yet. Uh, sorry, I just heard something bang uh, outside the door. I think something just fallen there, fallen down there. If uh, that got picked up, but Jubilee is the basis for the episode Dalek, uh, as I said there, written again by Robert Sherman, and it is just a excellent um, story featuring the Sixth Doctor and um, another. Uh, big finish created companion in the form of Evelyn Smythe who is one of my favourite uh, companions she's basically a, um, a middle-aged uh, university lecturer <laughs> okay very different his, his, historian as well a histo you know, history lecturer and it's basically like having and I'm taking this from a Doctor Who YouTuber who got me into the Sith Doctor uh, by watching his videos Stu Bagful, getting a shout out now. Uh, he, she is basically like someone's mum travelling on the TARDIS. And she is <laughs> brilliant because she is not afraid to call the Doctor out on, and the Sith Doctor in particular, on a lot of his BS. So, <laughs> But then I... at the same time, they have such a loving relationship together, which is so brilliant. You know, just a... Purely platonic, but just so wonderful. And Jubilee, I'll put it this way. If you like Dalek, you'll love this. It's very much, it's, you know, it's, it's, Dalek is based on it, but it's completely different at the same time. So you can enjoy both a lot, you know, separately, I would say. No, I, um. I can't even say that I've ever heard of this companion before, but just bringing your mum along on the on the TARDIS, it's just like, okay, sure, see what dynamic this brings along. Does he <laughs> tell him to, like, you know, not leave his, like, clothes around or anything <laughs> like that? Or uh, My next pick um, is another one by Robert Sherman. I'm going to do this now. This is this is basically the Robert Sherman power hour. This is where I just gush over my favourite Doctor Who writer. The next one... Don't gush away. next one is... is potentially my favourite release of all time for Big Finish. Okay? Okay, this that, is, that, that's big words. This is the Holy Terror featuring the Sixth Doctor and Robin, your new favourite companion, Frobisher... To be honest, I have seen that front cover. I saw the penguin, which was that. I think that was very much the very first episode that I put into my <sighs> basket when it came to buying these, and I'm very excited about 
listen to that one next when I have a chance. It is an incredible story. It is so it's so well crafted. It's dark. It's scary at parts. It's incredibly funny as well, which is just that's Robert Shearman. I think is dark, funny, kind of scary. That's his writing. It features the sixth Doctor and uh, Frobisher, the shape-shifting companion who mainly takes the form of a penguin, uh, arriving on the planet and basically the Doctor going around trying to solve a mystery and Frobisher being worshipped as a god Robin. And it has my all-time favourite line in anything from Doctor Who. And I constantly, the big Finnish intern who runs the, the Doctor Who Twitter must really get annoyed by me. Because constantly I'm commenting on stuff going, all hail the big talking bird. <laughs> <laughs> it is just, oh, it's beautiful and wonderfully tragic as well. And that was all I will say about it. But, but what, that's... What's this penguin called again? Frobisher? Frobisher, yeah. Frobisher. Frobisher. I feel like this is what happens when you get a group together and you've got the, like a role-playing group and you've got the GM being like, okay, we're, we're playing Doctor Who. It's like, who is everyone playing? Like, oh, I'm playing the Doctor. Oh, I'm playing the Companion and I'm playing this Companion. Great, great. And what about you? I want to be a shape-shifting penguin. <laughs> it's like, oh. There's always that one player, isn't there? There's always that one player when you DM this. Like, I'm going to be a bard and I'm going to seduce the dragon. P- p- please don't. Please don't. Natural 20. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, my next pick is... Um, it leads is it's a twofer. It is it's a twofer this one, but it does lead into yet another Robert Sherman one. Um, it's a two pick for my next pick. I know it's cheating a bit, but it's Storm Warning and The Chimes of Midnight. Um, Storm Warning just because it introduces you to the Eighth Doctor and Charlie, his companion, which is a re- it's just a really good story, and they have some really good stories as well. And the Eighth Doctor is someone that just. Oh my goodness, they made a massive mistake not giving Paul McGann his own TV series. I know he's gone on to have such a new life at Big Finish and some amazing stories, but oh my goodness, they really should have had him do a proper series on TV because he is just fantastic and one of my favourite Doctors. Um, Storm, Warming, Storm Warning is great. And again, Legion to is the Storm Art. Is Storm Warning in the sequel? No, it's the, it's the first Eighth Doctor uh, release uh, from Big Finish, actually. Got you. Yeah. Just for my reference, of course, yeah. So that one, that's really, really good because it just introduces you to the, the Eighth Doctor and Charlie, you know, which is really good. You sort of get a um, a flair for their characters there. The Chimes of Midnight is, it's, it's, it could be the greatest Doctor Who story ever written. I think that, and I hope that's not me blowing too much wow. smoke, too much smoke up its ass, but it is so wonderful so dark and it's a christmas episode which is nice it's just a dark murder mystery with paradoxical things going on and a murder mystery and audio drama yes like granted i'm just getting introduced to audio dramas for the first time so i could be completely naive here thinking how can you do that without any visual clues for the the listener? 
to pick up on to sort of guess for themselves or is it very much picking it out by um what they're saying more than anything it really works man it really works there's another really good seventh doctor one um which i'm gonna just quickly look at now which does another murder mystery it's it's really scary actually if i remember that one let me find it now what it's called it's the seventh doctor night thoughts uh, that that's another one which features the doctor ace and uh, the seventh doctor ace and hex that's a murder mystery as well and that is a that's so scary Chimes of Midnight, very similar vein, but completely different at the same time. It is a, uh, it's quite scary, and it is just dark, funny, and ooh, it's well, just I'll tell you what, so listening good. Listening to these, it's one thing to read a book, but to actually hear the sound effects and like that atmospheric music they play, because they do a great job of balancing that kind of that old school sound effects with like the electric orchestra and making it feel kind of like it would be something you'd watch on TV. <laughs> but the writing is there that it's not too cheesy or like mm. too st stuck in that time, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, my next pick, Robin, we finally got to my shouty boys. Uh, the My next pick is called We Are The Daleks, which I believe is... Oh, I can't remember which release. 200 and something released from the monthly range. It features the Seventh Doctor and Mel, played by Bonnie Langford. And it's basically uh, the, the Daleks invading a uh, time of history in which they would not be the biggest villain. Uh, the Daleks invade uh, Factorous Britain, uh, Robin. And, tr okay. and try to invade the Earth using the stock market, if I believe. <laughs> and which already is great but it features and I, it's such a brilliant story and I don't want to spoil too much but I think it's obvious to say this that the Doctor has moments and things that mean that he obviously comes out on top but there's a moment in it Robin where the 7th Doctor goes full ninth Doctor 10th Doctor oncoming storm on the Daleks and it is beautiful oh it's just okay, that it's just at first you had my curiosity <laughs> now you have my <laughs> it is so amazing and you you feel scared for these daleks you really do and it is just it's a superb story bonnie langford is great in it fleshing out the character of mel who was really given a a bad time on the TV show for Monis was really not giving a it was giving a raw deal, and it is just a phenomenal story. Really recommend it to Dalek fans, to anyone who doesn't like uh, capitalism as well, uh, and things like that. Not to get too political, but anyway, um, right. <laughs> My next pick uh, is from the short trip uh, range of uh, releases. Uh, to anyone that doesn't know, short trips are basically um, performed audio books. Um, from Big Finish. They usually only last about 40 minutes to an hour long, uh, usually. This pick is from the um, uh, range and is actually, it's a toss up for me because there's two really ones, really good ones I like. One of them is called Forever Fallen, which is uh, by Joshua Winesco, I believe it is. And Robin, this is, this is one that was actually written by a fan 
not by a big finished staff really? member. Yes, uh, every year they run a uh, competition for a short trip uh, in which someone, which in which fans send in entries uh, for them to be created. And uh, this one won that year uh, in 2016. It's a short trip featuring the Seventh Doctor and Ace as well. Um, it's read by Nick Briggs. And it's performed by him as well. And it's basically... Robin, um, whenever the Doctor um, comes in, whenever a villain is about to enact their final end game, their plan, usually he will give them, he'll offer them an alternate ultimatum. You know, stop, and you know, we'll, I'll let you go peacefully. This, this is basically, what if that a villain actually took the Doctor up on that, rather than being destroyed because they didn't listen to him. Mm, okay you, that's... we pass we pass through a year at a time this character's life uh, as he meets the doctor uh, to just to check up on him and it is it's fantastic it's it's what sh it's what sold me on the short trips genre of uh, or releases in the uh, in the doctor who range of uh, um, big finish releases uh, my second one oh. Oh, sorry. It's funny you should mention that one actually, because I believe either um, Forever Fallen or Free Speech has just recently become available for free to download. Oh no, they on, um, they uh, they oh cool. Well, where, where's Fumba? Where are you going to say it's has it become free to download? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not at all. I was just saying that um, now that I've gotten into Big Finish, um, I've just been desperate to like just grab all the deals that I could um, which unfortunately I just missed out on the end of that £1.50 deal but they frequently they're always releasing free content for you to just indulge in and they did release um, one of those short stories and I that's when I got it because I've got Forever Fallen downloaded yes yeah it's it's, it's it's completely free they do those with the uh, winners of the short trips uh, one so Forever Fallen is a really good one, which is came out a couple of years ago and is for free. And you can find all the other winners of the Big Finish uh, Pool Sprags uh, short trip uh, ones on the website, on the Big Finish website for free, including the most recent one, which is, like you say, Free Speech, which is featuring the Tenth Doctor, played by David Tennant. Uh, not in this uh, release. It's read by Jacob Dudman, who does a fantastic Tenth Doctor impression. And if they ever wanted to do 11th Doctor proper releases, they should get him because his 11th Doctor sounds just like Matt Smith. Um, but anyway, my second one that I would pick is actually a short trip read by, or not read by, performed by J.K. Dudman as the 11th Doctor and the 12th Doctor as well. It's, uh, it's one oh. called Regeneration Impossible. And it features Jacob Dudman playing both Doctors, but it's a multi-Doctor event, Robin, where you have the 11th Doctor and the 12th Doctor meeting in Victorian London during that time just after the um, the Doctor had lost Amy and Rory. So he's in full mopey mode. Bless. <laughs> so you have mopey 11th Doctor meeting uh, Series 10 Capaldi. And it is just a fantastic 
just a really excellent episode in that the story is great and Jacob Dubman's performance is brilliant. He already sounds exactly like uh, Matt Smith when he does his impression of him. His Capaldi is very good as well, actually. David Tennant's really good as well, but he, that's not in this. But yeah, that's a really, really interesting story. So just to clarify, these aren't done by the actors. These are actual stories that are wet. Um, do they also feature sound effects as well? Well, yeah, they feature sound effects. Some, most are red, most are red, but some are just are just performed like straight up. There's another really good one called uh, "I Am the Master," which is uh, basically just the master talking to you for forty minutes, uh, played by Jeff- Jeffrey Beavers, and it's it's always oh, scary. It's really scary. Um, right, my next uh, pick that I would recommend. Uh, I believe I'm getting towards the end of things now. I believe that was probably my ninth pick uh, for Fallen Was and uh, Regeneration Impossible. My tenth pick is, and I'm holding a prop up for Robin now as you can see, is Out of Time, Volume 1, written by Matt Fitton, featuring the fourth Doctor, played by Tom Baker, and the tenth Doctor, played by David Tennant. Oh, I, oh, that sounds like a beautiful combo. It's a fantastic one. It's the two most iconic Doctors. The most iconic Doctor from the classic era, era and the most iconic Doctor from New Who meeting. And I I can only imagine what David Tennant's, like, what he must have felt like getting to do this. <laughs> Being a massive Doctor Who fan himself and growing up with the show. I can only imagine just how giddy he was getting to do it with Tom Baker. <laughs> I mean, Tom Baker is very much... I still haven't watched any episodes with Tom Baker yet. You haven't? What, not even I Genesis the Daleks? <sighs> no, I haven't. Because um, that's why I kept on mixing up the name of the DVD you got for me, but that was Remembrance of the Daleks. Yes. But despite never watching any of this stuff, if you were to ask me to pick out, like, the classic between the classic doctors of who i recognize the most it's very much him it's his appearance his voice oh, his yes. um, obsession of... with jelly babies yes. <laughs> would you like a jelly baby <laughs> <laughs> i like to pretend that i can do a good tom baker impression i can't but i like to pretend that i can um out of time volume one uh, they are releasing volume two this year featuring the 10th doctor and the fifth doctor and then next year we'll get in volume three featuring the 10th doctor and the sixth doctor kind of hope they uh, just do it with all the uh, i kind of hope they just do they keep uh, doing it and do crossovers you've got to love oh yeah them. i'm kind of hoping they just do 10th doctor with every other doctor like give me give me Give me a, do- a tenth Doctor and seventh Doctor audio uh, get- after you've done this. Give me, um, you know, David Bradley doing the first Doctor with David Tennant as the first Doctor. Give me Fraser Hines doing um, uh, the second Doctor. Uh, you know, give me Tim Trelaw doing the third Doctor. Give me a whole set of classic Doctors meeting <laughs> David Tennant. Give me, give yeah. me, give me a Doctor after. You know, because let's face it, Big Finish. You know we'll buy it. You know we'll buy it. You know we will. <laughs> it doesn't care. It doesn't even have to be good, you know. You can literally just have the David Tennant's tenth Doctor sat down meeting him in a bus depot, and we we we'd love it, you know. <laughs> hey, hey, you you joke about that, but some of the best stories out there are just two characters talking to each other. Yeah. The amount of drama pieces that do that, um, and heck, one of the very best 
Batman the Animated Series episodes is when all the villains are playing poker in one room, just talking about that one time they almost, almost got him. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's one of my favourites, yeah. But, like, this is... This is... The Out of Time is basically... It's like... Do you remember the David Tennant specials, which they did in between Series 4 and Matt Smith starting Series 5? You know, the... Uh, Planet yeah, of the Dead, couple, Planet of the Dead, uh, the, oh, sorry, The Next Doctor, Planet of the Dead, um, Waters of Mars, and also End of Time Part 1 and Part 2, yeah? In which we got mm. to see the Doctor travelling by himself and having adventures. This is pretty much the lost episode, is what I'll say, in that time. Because you have the Tenth Doctor knowing that his song is ending soon, meeting the Fourth Doctor, and it is just... You have Daleks in it as well, and it's just amazing. Beyond fantastic. I mean, while I will say that I'm a little sick of seeing Daleks in recent seasons of Doctor Who, only because they always just get their asses handed to them, if they even got those left. Um, But to actually hear Daleks in a radio drama come on what's not to love about that the sound effects and that immersion like there's a real childhood joy to radio dramas and i know people say that and i know people like oh i'm sick of daleks and cybermen but like if they're done well people will not be sick of them you know people have said the same thing about the master and i'm like if it if they just do it well then you know then people won't be sick of them is what i is what i'd say and I, I think when I say I'm sick of them, I think I need to kind of go back a little step on that. It's not that I'm sick of them. Like, I think Daleks are great. They're so iconic, um, especially for Doctor Who. And they are terrifying. Like, one of my favourite episodes is Dalek. And what I love about the Daleks is when they are scary and intimidating. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say I'm sick of the Daleks is only because in recent seasons of what I've watched, I haven't watched any of Jodie's seasons yet, um, is the fact that they are far too easily beaten. And who knows, maybe re-watching those seasons, which I'd love to get around to, would change my mind. Um, but yeah, I, I'm definitely curious to hear your thoughts on that Tom Baker and David Tennant crossover. It, I love it. It's a really... It's it's a smaller scale um, multi-doctor event you might expect, but it is so satisfying and it's so wonderful just to hear those two voices together. I mean, I think it's amazing. We're in 2021. We're still getting Tom Baker Doctor Who anyway. I just love that more than anything, uh, which we'll talk a little bit more about in a minute. Uh, my final pick, my 11th pick, is my first big finish. This is when I learned a big finish. This is their. This was their release for the fiftieth anniversary of Doctor Who. They released Light at the End, Robin, which is a multi-Doctor event featuring the first eight Doctors. Wait, all eight Doctors? Yeah. they have they have actors uh, playing the you know uh, impressionists playing the first three Doctors because oh yeah, I, I figured as much. But yeah, <laughs> you have. The fourth Doctor, as played by Tom Baker. The fifth Doctor, Peter Davison. The sixth Doctor, Colin Baker. 
Seventh Doctor, Celeste Melissa McCoy, and the Eighth Doctor, Paul McGowan, all meeting in a story where they are all utilised in it, and it is really good. And I'd recommend it because I think there's a there's a certain magical factor when it comes to multi-doctor events, aren't there, Robin? Mm, definitely, First, definitely. When I was a kid, personally, the ones that I gravi- gravitated towards, to, the DVDs I gravitated towards to, towards to from Classic Who were Dalek stories, Cyberman stories, and also multi-doctor stories. I think the first ones I picked up were the, thir- the three doctors, the five doctors, and the two doctors, just because it was so amazing to see this concept of a character being able to meet past versions of themselves so life the end is great for that especially because you get what you want very very early on you get the team up of the eighth of the eighth doctor and fourth doctor and they all come into it ace is really great into it in the story she has a nickname for every single doctor uh i'm gonna i'm gonna ruin one straight away uh robin Okay, the Sith okay. Doctor. Lay it, lay it Think about what the Sith Doctor's uh, costume is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. like you know the multicolored, uh, you know thing, and pretty, pretty disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. She calls him Joseph and his Technicolor dream coat. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, that is brilliant. Yeah, so excellent, and like she has, she has all these nicknames for him, and it's just so fantastic. And like the end is one I'd really recommend. It has the master trying to undo all the doctor's victories, and it's it's superb. It is really a really good release. Written by Nick Briggs, uh, the voice of the Daleks, and obviously uh, head writer at Big Finish and director and lots of other stuff as well. I'd love to have him on at some point uh, on this podcast, interview him. But uh, oh my god, I mean that's very much our our geek dream right yeah, there um, <laughs> I mean if we could make it happen then you know, you know 100 episodes Nick maybe? Briggs if you're listening if you and Benji uh, you know Benji Clifford from the Big Finish podcast want to come on together we would happily uh, talk to you both happily we'd be ecstatic oh like, my goodness we would not be able to contain our excitement no, like, no. oh my god act cool act I cool know. and it's complete world <laughs> I, I think I'd be going can you can you sign all my releases and he'd be going well we're doing this over video conferencing so no but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so that's my that's my final pick there for uh, my uh, baby's first big finish as you will just to reel them off quickly Tenth Doctor Volume One, uh, the War Doctor Volume One, Only a Monstrous, Spare Parts, Jubilee, The Holy Terror, Storm Warning, and Chimes of Midnight. They're one together because I cheated. The Harvest, We Are the Daleks, Forever Fallen, Out of Time Volume One, and Light at the End. I mean, all of those sounded really good in some way or another, and I know I've said that about each one. But they all just sound that good, especially that last one, which I don't know what it is, but I think nearly all geeks are just a huge fan of the idea of a crossover. Like, whether it be a good crossover or not, just you want to see these characters come together. And knowing that it's eight doctors, like, oh, that 
I need to find that now and add that to my to buy it's a, list. It's a good one. I enjoy it. You know, and I think someone that hasn't really delved into a lot of classic Who, like yourself, I think even you can enjoy it and even you can appreciate it. You know, just be you know, just if nothing for the fact that it's BoJack Horseman. What is this? A crossover episode? <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I love that. Movie. Yeah. Um. I just want to talk about a couple of recent uh, Big Finish releases as well, Robin, if I can, if that's all right. Oh, please, fire away, fire away. Um, so, uh, in the past uh, week, we've had the end of the Doctor Who monthly range in the release of The End of the Beginning. And I'd like to say uh, it may be the end, but quoting the fourth Doctor now, but the moment has been prepared for. Uh, written by Robert Valentine, the last release features a crossover event between the uh, 5th Doctor, 6th Doctor, 7th Doctor and 8th Doctor it's a really fitting conclusion to the uh, Big Finish main range it's a really wonderful story and Robert Valentine did a really good job writing this because it just it encaps- encapsulates what the monthly range was and gives it a fitting send off to these Doctors then going on to have their own box sets and releases, which of course is where Big Finish are leading to now. But yeah, um, I also picked up Robin two of, mm-hmm. and it was my first delve into this range of Big Finish. I picked up two of the Lost Story range of uh, stories. Oh, what's Lost Stories? So within Big Finish, the Lost Story range are basically stories which are based on episodes or ideas of episodes which were at one stage in development or were an idea and weren't actually made into a TV story, but were going to be, but just didn't get to be made. Um, Such releases are things like Nightmare Fair, which I believe would have been a sixth Doctor story until that series was scrapped and then Doctor Who was put on hiatus and we had Trial of Time Lord, but anyway, which was the Nightmare Fair, which features the sixth Doctor facing the Celestial Toymaker. There's other releases as well, but I uh, I picked these two up because they came out and there was a bundle for them. And my my birthday's coming up, so I had a little bit of uh, money to uh, get a couple of releases which uh, I wanted to get. And the two releases I picked up, Robin, are two Tom Baker stories, uh, The Return of the Cybermen and The Doomsday Contract. Uh, I'll talk about Return of the Cybermen first. Um it's a Tom Baker release, and it's actually it's mm-hmm. it's an alternate story rather than a lost story, Robin. I'd say. In uh, in Tom Baker's first series, there's a story called Revenge of the Cybermen, which was written by uh, a writer called Jerry Davies, but sort of changed and adapted by the script editor called Robert Holmes, who was on the show at the time. And uh, Revenge of the Cybermen is in no way um, gut redeemed. Or no, not really. Is in no way seen as a good episode by clans of the, uh, by fans of the classic series, in any way. Return of the Cy- Return of the Cybermen fixes a lot of the mistakes made in that story on the, on the TV, and uh, it features the the fourth Doctor played by um, Tom Baker. It also features Sarah Jane Smith played by Sadie Miller, um, who is actually Elizabeth Sladen, or the late Elizabeth Sladen's daughter, which is so... She sounds so much like her, and it's phenomenal. We also have um, Harry Sullivan, 
played by Christopher Naylor, who takes over from Ian Martyr, who again tragically died. And I had to, I actually put this on Twitter, Robin, from my own account, that the minute the Fourth Doctor, Sarah Jane Smith, and Harry Sullivan came on the came on my heard their voices, I had to pause it because I started crying. Oh, man. Because oh, man. Tom Baker obviously is Tom Baker, but Sadie Miller and Christopher Naylor, they just so perfectly and lovingly and with such respect have recreated the performances of Sadie of her mother and Christopher Naylor of Ian Marta. Um, I, oh, it's... I closed my eyes and I, I was like, oh my god, I'm, I'm, I'm watching Doctor Who with... with with the fourth Doctor, Sarah Jane, and Harry again. It's brilliant. Oh, can I can I just on a very quick tangent? So with moving into my new property, I've been introduced my girlfriend to Avatar: The Last Airbender, which phenomenal series, just all round amazing cartoon for all ages. And we've just been like finishing up season two, but in season two you get that what's considered one of the best episodes the tales of Bajan Say. There is no war in Bajan Say. Bajan Say. Yes, we've been quoting that a lot. <laughs> um, but I had to pause it when the episode title for Tale of Iro came up and I just, I let the episode play. I just said to her that this is considered one of the best. And then I I had, like, tears in my eyes and I had, like, a little stutter in my voice as I was explaining this mm -hmm. to her because Uncle Iwa was so amazing. And for his performance by Mako to... Oh, just because... Gone Just because I want you to share our pain, uh, fans of Avatar The Last Airbender, I have four words that will make you cry. Leaves from the vine. Oh, <laughs> no. no, I just literally cried for that the other day, Jack. Oh, you're breaking oh. me. <laughs> but it is, so I think you feel such passion in the, the things that you love, but, you know, Avatar makes me cry, and just listening to their voices just you know hearing a hearing a fourth doctor sarah jane harry sullivan story in 2021 just was just like made things feel like like everything's all right in the world you know just to be honest just to be having tom baker stories coming out in 2021 you know is just like oh my god you know 40 years after he left the show you know, to still be doing that character as well, and like he's still got oh, it. Oh, he's still got it, which it's funny actually. Of the two releases, I was so excited for Return of the Cybermen, and I really enjoyed it. I really did. The one which I'm actually I'm, I'm about three quarters of the way through, and I've really enjoyed it. And I say actually, I'm enjoying it more than Revenge of the Cybermen. Um, is the Doomsday Contract, which features the Fourth Doctor and played by Tom Baker and Romana, played by um, Lala Ward, and also uh, one of my favourite companions, uh, John Leeson playing K Nine. 
Oh, nice. We've got K9 back. <laughs> you got to love the Tim Dog, haven't you? you got to love the, t- love the Tim Dog. Uh, Tim Dog, sorry. Um, it was originally written by John Lloyd, who was a uh, writer um, who worked on series such as Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. The, I believe the TV show and the radio play. I could be wrong about that. Um, he worked on that with Douglas Adams. And Douglas Adams, who was actually a script editor on Doctor Who, got him to come on in and uh, rewrote an episode, but it was never actually made. Uh, Nev Fountain uh, is the actor, uh, not sorry, the actor, the writer who has adapted this for Big Finish. And oh my goodness. Um, there's already Douglas Adams' Doctor Who stories, Robin in terms of things like uh, City of Death and Sharda, which are really good stories. This, the Doomsday Contract, is probably the closest I've gotten to, or I've, I've certainly been experienced, I've, you know, I've experienced, it's the closest I've got to a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy-esque Doctor Who episode. I mean, I love the original Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy book, and I keep getting recommended the radio dramas, so known that hey why not we just take hitchhiker's guide to galaxy and combine it with doctor who that to me sounds awesome i like you get that with some stuff anyway i think there's a there's a book called uh real no it's not i can't remember what it's called it's the pirate loop i think is one the the 10th doctor book which apparently is very close to being douglas adam-esque but this is just so perfect because there's little things that are just like in any other Doctor Who story wouldn't be an issue but the TARDIS Robin gets arrested for impersonating <laughs> right the TARDIS gets arrested for impersonating a police officer oh wow <laughs> right it's based the episode is basically do you remember in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy film did you ever see that of uh, the which one like the the martin freeman film yeah yeah so do you remember the part where they have the vogon court and the vogons read them the terrible poetry and stuff like that Mm, yes this is basically an episode about the doctor being in a court like a vogon court basically Mm. it's so brilliant because at the start of the episode he's with uh romana on a planet uh and with k9 on this planet like basically on a holiday uh, they talk about going to Torquay, actually, which is very cool. I was like, oh, yay, a little Torquay reference for a little Devon boy. Yeah, great. And uh, at the start of the episode, the Doctor gets subpoenaed to uh, go to testify and uh, be a witness uh, for this uh, trial. Um, and R- Romana's like, well, aren't you just going to run away from it? And the Doctor's like, oh, you know, she's like, you run away from the Black Guardian and other stuff, you run away from Gareth Bay and the Time Lords. And the Doctor's like, oh, yes, yes, but there's one thing you can never run away from bureaucracy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh my God. And it's so funny. It's one of the funniest Doctor Who stories I've ever heard or read or experienced in any sense. So I definitely re- recommend that to people I would as well. Right. It's knowing that. The TARDIS gets arrested. That, that to me sounds like what you should put on the back or the box right there. <laughs> Those are your selling points. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, Big Finish have done so well. I know, particularly last year was, um, I think last year was their biggest year, which makes sense with lockdown. A lot of people have more spare time and then giving up 
different stuff and doing a lot of freebies. Obviously, we had the news as well last year that Christopher Eccleston was going to be coming back. So in terms of upcoming releases from Big Finish, to anyone that doesn't know already, I don't know how you wouldn't because I think it made the biggest noise possible. Christopher Eccleston is going to be coming back for four box sets, um, hopefully for more stuff at Big Finish as well, which is going to be excellent. So I'm very much looking forward to those box sets, Robin, and that, those releases. Just to hear more Knife Doctor will be amazing. I, I'm looking forward to it. Christopher Eccleston was my first introduction to Doctor Who, and he is just brilliant. Like, absolutely brilliant. Um, he's just this big smile that sort of hides this kind of inner turmoil that he's clearly gone through and are these exploring I, I think he sent me a message about this that this is exploring him before he met up with Rose at least the first box set is we don't know any mm. details about the box sets after the first one but the first one does seem to indicate that it's going to be set um, either pre-Rose or in that little smidgen of time between him uh, inviting Rose to come onto the TARDIS, her saying no, and then him coming back, which I, which Russell Davis himself said, uh, I think that he always imagines that even though we see it from Rose and Mickey's perspective, that the Doctor was off having adventures, and I was like, oh, came back and was like, oh, and also did I forgot to mention it travels in time that actually between him doing that, like, so it could be either before Rose. Or like pre-Rose, or it could just be in that last minute of Rose, which would be fantastic as well, you know. Uh, I really hope they do get Billy Piper back. And, I, you know, I think it'd be really cool was if they had a, they had a box set with Billy Piper and John Barrowman. Uh, if we if we had a... Yeah. If, because, really, we only got a couple episodes of, the, of that TARDIS team, really, didn't we? And, like, we've had... They've, they've gone on to do Night Doctor Comics with um, the Titan uh, 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 publisher. Uh, Titan Comics have done Night Doctor Comics with um, the Night Doctor, Rose, and Captain Jack. But wouldn't it be great if we had some more adventures with just them? Like, I mean, I love Captain Jack, so, you know, give me anything with him in it. Because he's just such, such fun. And it'd be pre-immortal Captain Jack as well, which would be really cool. You know? Oh, when they revealed that, that he was... Oh, what's the head called? The... Face of Bose, yeah. Thank, thank you. Because I wanted to say the face of ooze, and I was like, no, no, I'm thinking of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> the secret of the ooze. Um, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Although, if there was a comic book of the Doctor meets the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles... Oh my God, would I read that? That'd be a really cool... I was thinking about this earlier. I was thinking, what could be a really cool Doctor Who episode, uh, crossover episode? Because, you know, they've had crossovers with Star Trek and uh, other things as uh, well. Well, let me hold you on that thought, because I feel like that should be a topic for a future That could episode. be a good topic. I, I thought of one, actually, which I'd love, which I'll share with you in a little time for a future episode, yeah. But um, yeah, we've also got um, Dalek Universe coming out soon, which is a 10th Doctor um, series. Uh, going to be box sets uh, released for that, which feature in the 10th Doctor by David Tennant. Funny enough, they have a sort of a they have a release kickstarting that box set series called um, Oh well, but it being Dalek Universe, that first one is I believe it's called Protocol of the Daleks. Actually, a fourth Doctor release, which then leads into uh, the tenth Doctor releases, which will be pretty cool. 
Uh, I'm also looking forward to Out of Time 2, like I said, which features the uh, Tep Doctor and Fifth Doctor facing the Cybermen, which will be cool. And then at the end of the year, we've also got the Tep Doctor Classic Companions box set, which is going to give me just what I've always wanted, Tep Doctor meeting Ace. Oh. Finally get, okay. I finally get a yeah. story my favourite Doctor and favourite companion together. That's going to be a very interesting yeah. dynamic. Temp Doctor, is. classic companions. They could do. They could do a ton of loads releases as well. They could do. Temp Doctor meeting uh, Stephen, uh, first Doctor companion. Temp Doctor meeting Jamie. I think would be really cool because you could have David Tennant doing his actual Scottish accent again, because <laughs> Jamie is Scottish uh, uh, in it as well, which would be really cool. And yeah, that's uh, that's big finish really. That's a big chat about big finish and different things and. I hope I've not bored people by yammering on. I certainly hope I've not chatted too much, Robin, and not given you a no, chance. No, 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 no. Like, I, when you said you had, like, a list of, like, recommendations, I knew that you were going to have your uh, your big, explosive kind of fanboy moment, which do not take that in the wrong way whatsoever. I love these recommendations. Oh, sweet. Like, now that I've started Big Finish, I am... Oh, sweetie, I take it as a compliment. <laughs> you know, oh, I was thinking about big finish releases that I'd love to see. And you actually said to me as well, what's a big finish release that you think that you'd love to see? Or like you need the story you'd like to see told? Mm-hmm. Well, is there is there one that you'd like, like to see told, do you think? Or like uh, you'd love to see or listen to? Uh, See, I, I have thought about this, actually. Um, I was thinking about this, actually, on the build-up to today, and I was thinking, well, the benefits of these, in particular these audio dramas, is as you exactly what you were saying earlier, is you don't have to worry about budget or sites, um, and you can really play off um, people's imaginations. And so I was very much torn between kind of two ideas. Do you go for something really kind of big and adventurous because you have that you can just go anywhere with it you don't have a budget or do you kind of do like a homage and take it back to um, the very first radio dramas in particular I thought about maybe even an episode where the doctor finds himself in the recording booth of what's considered one of the most famous radio dramas or radio broadcasts is when they did the broadcast for the War of the Worlds and how so many people took that seriously and then maybe take that story and spin it on its head and say, actually, that did happen and these are the events of them effectively covering it all up through a radio drama. That's such a brilliant idea, Robin. That is so cool. So brilliant that they've already done it. Yeah, it's a. Uh, oh, I thought I was being really clever with that one. <laughs> oh, so it's a. It, I believe it's an eighth Doctor one called that we find it now on the Big Finish app uh, for people. Uh, that's this is the thing because it's like name an idea and it's like well the possibilities are endless. What can't you do that someone else hasn't done already? <laughs> yeah, it's a Invaders from Mars. Uh, it's one written by Mark Gatiss as well. Uh, funny enough, it actually features uh, Simon Pegg and uh, 
Jess- Jessica Stevenson in it as well from uh... no yeah uh, I'm a big Simon Pegg fan though which is uh, pretty cool you know uh... <laughs> Yeah, mate. Uh, sorry, I didn't didn't mean to hit the wind out <laughs> no, of your no, wings. You, there, you but... made me really happy right there, knowing that I've now got that to find and <laughs> jump into. Um, <laughs> totally, mate. Totally. I have to say, I did not iron out the second idea. I just knew that it'd be really good to play with atmosphere, um, something maybe very much akin to the thing, with it being like set in either the Sahara Desert or another sort of isolated environment like the arctic where you can really play with the sound effects of the environment and maybe have it that it's some sort of monster that they don't necessarily see and so it is the listeners expectations or their own mind sort of filling the gaps as to what it is sort of picking off people one by one that's pretty cool mate you could also you could almost have it as like a creature of pure sound which is the enemy mm. which, which which is something they've done already in big finish in a really good release called uh Scherzo. uh but i think you could you know it's, it's not a idea that you be limited to one story i think it'd be really cool to do like you say a, a thing-esque and like that you know and how about you mate have you thought of an idea or 10 <laughs> well I, I suppose I could think of ideas, but it's more like I've got a, a I've got a wish list of big finish stuff. I'd love to see Eleventh uh, Doctor releases with. I'd love to see him have more episodes with Clara. So I'd love to see uh, Matt Smith joining the uh, um, joining Big Finish and doing episodes with uh, Jenna Coleman's Clara. I mean, I'd love to see Karen Gillan and Arthur Darville back as well. But um, yeah. Um, I'd actually like to see uh, a Seventh Doctor crossover with the Eleventh Doctor. Because I think that'd be pretty cool. Mm, yeah, I mean, I think any cause, crossover, cause, definitely. I think that'd be really cool because they both have that sort of trickster element about them. Like the Eleventh Doctor is pretty, uh, you know, uh, pretty Machiavellian and pretty setting stuff up as well. You know, in some ways, in some episodes particularly. Um, I'd also like a Twelfth Doctor box set with um, Peter Capaldi back. But instead of with Jenna Coleman, with Pearl Mackie and Matt Lucas, uh, so with Bill and uh, Nardole. But also like Rigsy to come back, which is an episode, which is a character from two episodes of series, one episode in series eight and one episode in series nine. I'd love to see him be a proper companion for a box set as well. Um, I'd love to see the Twelfth Doctor crossover with the Sixth Doctor, which would be pretty cool. Because <laughs> they're both pretty grumpy space dad, you know? While I'm not the biggest fan of Capote, I think having those two paired up um, and that kind of grumpiness where they can outgrump one another, yeah, definitely, definitely. I've got I've got a new microphone, so I can do this now, everyone. But what did you say about my Capote? <laughs> oh, I've uh... the Capole daddy, if you will. You, Sunshine, have to go back and watch an episode because Capaldi is amazing. It's just... (laughs) I I feel like I've touched a nerve here and I almost feel backed into a corner because anything I do say will be used against me. (laughs) (laughs) No, end of the day, personal opinion is, you know, his opinion, you know, art is subjective. No, no, nothing against his performance at all. It was just... 
as a doctor, it's maybe because he's very different to the others that I'm more used to. Mm. And I know that we've said this already in a previous episode, how I very much do need to go back and rewatch some of his stuff because maybe I'll enjoy that sort of nuance. Mm. Um, but yeah, each to their own. Uh, I think Capaldi was very much a... He very much went back into the classic Doctor uh, role. Rather than rather than being more like the new series Doctors, he went more sort of classic with his... The way he did it. And I really love him. i got to say, he's he's probably... Even over David Tennant and stuff, he's probably the Doctor I miss the most for the minute. I'd love to have some more Capaldi stories on TV. That's no, that's no, that's no slight against Jodie Whittaker. I think she's doing a great job. But I just, I miss Capaldi. That's just me. Um, I guess we better wrap up, uh, Robin, uh, really. Uh, we've been going now for a little while. Oh, wow. Yeah, we have been that one away. Yeah. Um, and every week, uh, boys and girls, uh, non-binary people as well, and anyone else listening, um, every week I like to throw Robin a little something I like to call a canon buster, which is something I like to use to break down the walls of canon within Doctor Who just to prove that such an arbitrary thing does not really exist. So, Robin, this week for canon busters, I've got two things around the same thing, but before we get onto them, let me ask you something. Um, Most people are either one of these. So let me ask you, are you a cat? person or a dog person i'm a cat person i'd agree with that i'm more of a cat person well did you know robin that cats are from gallifrey cats are from gallifrey cats are from gallifrey this ain't a whole kind of men are from mars women are from venus thing this is literally cats are from gallifrey I'm uh, I'm currently on the TARDIS uh, wiki page right now, or the TARDIS data core, whatever people like to call it. Um, cats, or Felis catus, were a type of predatory and usually small uh, feline animal, and cats came in a variety of colours, shapes and sizes, and were commonly domesticated pets. But they were originally biologically engineered by pre-time travel Gallifreyans... As the calculated animals with tails, the Gallifreyan cat had then been seeded through the universe by Gallifreyans as part of their effort to set themselves up as gods. Gallifreyan cats were intelligent, talking beings, though they still served as pets to their humanoid owners. <laughs> wow. I mean, it pretty much just hit the hair head right on the nail there for what a cat is um, and what they expect humans to do for them but knowing that they're from Gallifrey it makes so much sense yeah uh, I'm just scrolling through the uh, TARDIS data call here <laughs> I just seen something which popped up here that uh, actually apparently um, the eighth doctor once travelled to an alternate universe where he was a cat named TARDIS Tales oh my god we've had cat who yep but, but this is this is the thing this is the thing i wanted to uh uh talk to you about robin because um, <laughs> this is incredibly awkward for something about our favorite doctor okay so bearing in mind i've already given you the bombshell that cats are from gallifrey i mean i don't know how you're gonna okay. top that 
cats, but okay. go ahead. The, uh, the, the Tenth Doctor actually um, had a pet cat for a spell within the uh, Titan comics, uh, just in the backup to issues when he was travelling by himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had, a, he had a ginger cat in the TARDIS. Okay. Okay, that sounds nice. Yeah. Sounds sweet. What, what, what could go wrong? If, um... What's probably the worst thing you could name a, uh, a pet... Like, what's the worst thing you could name a pet after? Oh. What? Are you. Like an ex? Or. He named the cat Rose. Oh, no. <laughs> I hit it right on the head there. He hit it straight on the head. <sighs> like, this is this is post. Uh, this is post. Uh, uh, you know, uh, dropping Rose back off at Pete's world with the Metacrisis Doctor. <laughs> so he literally named his his cat after his ex. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Which is oh. that not just the greatest thing, but just the See, worst thing for our favorite Doctor? <laughs> now I've just got images of him like in nothing but like a dressing gown on the sofa tub hey, of ice cream hey hey what you, lap, what you just... do in the privacy of your own regeneration is up to you if you want to imagine him in just a dressing gown <laughs> it's like basically on that relapse of breaking up from red x eating your ice cream watching your movies you know counting your laps just like we'll, we'll be together white roads forever <laughs> Yes, um, that is certainly a note. And you were like, he's not going to top cats from Gallifrey. He's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. But yeah, (laughs) I did it. Mm. Oh my God. I mean, knowing that the Doctor has also become a cat, that sounds so fanarty, but so brilliant at the same time. Yeah, that's not a Chet Deviant part for that, though, because um, I think that'll give us nightmares. Oh, Oh no, that's um, that's some Rule Thirty Four stuff right there. That is not what I want to see. Thank you. <laughs> and on that note, everyone, I... <laughs> on that note, yes. <laughs> what is it? Uh, I don't, I don't like Jeremy Clarkson in the, in the slightest, but he always used to end. Uh, what is it? Uh, Top Gear on, and on that bombshell. <laughs> so I've only done that. And on that bombshell, uh, I believe I'll say thank you, uh, everyone, for listening. Uh, if you've not been switched off already, <laughs> uh, thank you, Robin, as always, for joining uh, me on our adventure through time and space. Uh, I've had an absolute blast with this episode, and my bank account is obviously going to become a lot smaller with those suggestions now. Yeah. Um, sorry. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Big finish is an expensive habit when it can be. But if you if you're good, uh, if you pre-order stuff, you can get stuff a bit cheaper. And if you uh, wait for sales as well, but they're still. frequently doing sales as well, so you can jump right on those. Exactly. Right. Well, anyway, um, as I said, thank you everyone. Thank you, Robin. Uh, we have been Jack and Robin, and this has been an awful lot of running the unofficial official Doctor Who podcast. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook and go and download us from many different streaming services. Thank you very much. Thank you. Goodbye. See you later.